Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. So in verse 7, when, when, when Jacob further goes on and, and, and says to Simeon and Levi, cursed be their anger, and he didn't say, cursed are you. He's again saying, there's recovery for you. There's recovery for you. Same thing, like we said in Colossians 3.5. Colossians 3.5, mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. Gives a list, fornication, uncleanness, and so forth. Then it goes on in Ephesians 4.31, Ephesians 4.31, which says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil be put away from you with all malice. And then in Colossians 3.8, Colossians 3.8 says, now therefore, now, but now ye also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy. This is what repentance looks like. This is what repentance looks like. It, 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 and, and that's why he didn't curse, Jacob did not curse Simeon and Levi, but, uh, but he's really calling them to repent. Now, but this did not, not all mean that, that Jacob just overlooked the sin in Simeon and Levi, not at all. As a matter of fact, we see Jacob talking to himself here, and he's talking about uh, their secret, and he says, and, and, he, and, he, and, and he's talking about, don't come near their secret. Now, the secret, what was the secret of Simeon and Levi? Well, the Simeon and Levi did have a secret. I mean, they're, they're, you know, Simeon and Levi, they had a secret, all right. They, Simeon and Levi smiled and then told the Shechemites that, oh, welcome, just welcome into us. Let's prosper together. Look at all we have. Look at all you have. It'll all be ours, no longer mine and yours, but it'll all be ours as you, as we, as you join together with Jacob's family. And, and you just need to get circumcised, that's all. Now, their secret was that they wanted to destroy them. Yeah, Simeon and Levi were outwardly, they're proposing marriages. Oh, yeah, let's get married. Oh, yeah, Dina and, and the prince, great, and this one and that one. And, oh, we're going to have such a, a, a joyful time with all the marriages. They were proposing marriages, but they were planning their deaths. That's the secret. And that was Simeon and Levi's secret, a secret of deception and betrayal. Now, this really is a picture of what Satan did. To, to Adam and Eve. While Satan was talking to Adam and Eve, says, oh, you're going to become like gods. It's going to be wonderful. You're going to have your eyes opened. You're going to know good and evil. All the while he's proposing those things for Adam and Eve, he's opening the doors of hell wider to receive Adam and Eve. That was Satan's secret. That's the secret of deception. So Jacob looks at the secret of Simeon and Levi, and he says to himself, don't go near that. Don't go near that. Now, this is a remarkable scene because here we see Jacob pulling back and saying that I am 
100% of a different spirit from Simeon and Levi, and I want no fellowship with them. Now, these are his own sons. These are Jacob's own sons that he's talking about. He is disowning their spirit. <coughs> he is disowning it. So what Jacob, it's very important to see this, and Jacob did in verse six. When Jacob said, oh, my soul, come not, unto the, come not thou unto their secret, unto their assembly, mine honor, be not thou united. Jacob has now identified a great divide within his family, a great difference in a group within his family that he says he's not a part of. It's highly symbolic. It's highly symbolic of the fact that within Israel, that is within the Jewish race, there is an assembly, to use the words that Jacob used in verse six, that is different from Jacob. This reveals the mystery. This scene here reveals the mystery of the great division within Israel. Verse six became very personal for me in the 1970s. The 1970s was when this became very, 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 very personal for me because that's, that's when this mystery of this great division within Israel became clear to me. That's when Pastor Jim invited me to go door to door with him in San Diego visiting Jewish people to tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'll be honest with you, at first, I didn't want to because I knew that the Jewish people were not exactly overwhelmingly welcoming to the message that Jesus Christ is God. And I hesitated. I said, well, I don't know. And I remember Pastor Jim said to me, look, if I, a Gentile, can spend my life trying to reach your people with the gospel, why shouldn't you care about your people, your own people? So I said, okay, so I agreed. And we went door to door, usually on Thursday afternoons, together throughout the Jewish neighborhoods of San Diego. A few times we traveled up to the Jewish neighborhoods of Desert Hot Springs. And it was, it was typical for the Jewish people, when Pastor Jim would speak, to, to either say or look or mean, good for you. That's good for you. You're a Gentile. That's good for you. You have your Jesus Christ because you're a Gentile. That's good. But we're Jewish, and, 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 and that's not for us. Well, it said that so often to Pastor Jim that he just couldn't wait to get me there. So I went with him. He liked to say to me, he liked to say, look at him. He's one of your own. Now, <clears throat> that was something. And sometimes it happened that when a Jewish person understood that I was Jewish and that they, that, that they would just lash out at me with hatred and they would say to me, you traitor, you're not Jewish, you can't be Jewish. Well, you know, <clears throat> of course, I was somewhat expecting that, but it bothered me. It bothered me, and it, it, it kind of gave me an identity crisis, an identity problem. I thought to myself, well, if I'm not Jewish, what am I, Norwegian? <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, uh, you know when, when, they, when they said I wasn't Jewish, it kind of bothered me, and it gave me questions about myself. Uh, I, I, you know, uh, I knew that it was not Jewish to believe in Jesus, and I struggled with the question, well, Am I not Jewish anymore? Have I become a Gentile? And when I was thinking about all those questions, this is when verse six became very personal to me because when I was thinking about all those questions, verse six gave me the answer. Verse six, when Jacob said, O my soul, come not thou into their secret, unto their assembly, mine honor, be not thou united. See, in verse six, 
Jacob was saying that he should not come, he should not be a part of Simeon and Levi, then he should not be united with Simeon and Levi. I mean, just think of the fact. Levi is not just any tribe, right? I mean, Levi is going to become the religious group of the Jewish people. And Jacob was saying that he should not be reunited with the religious group of the Jewish people when he's saying to Levi, I'm not going to be a part of you. It was like Jacob was looking over his sons and saying, Jacob could make this statement at this point in Genesis 49. He could say, they are not all Jacob, which are of Jacob. <laughs> he could say that, and everybody, and, and, and if you read this, what he just said to Simeon and Levi, you would understand what he was saying. Because by separating himself from Simeon and Levi, Jacob was saying to them, you are all my physical offspring, and therefore you are all from me, or you are all of Jacob, but you are all not like Jacob. And that's why I can look at you, Simeon and Levi, and say, they are not all Jacob, which are of Jacob. So Jacob looks at Simeon and Levi in verse 6, and he said his soul should not come to the assembly of Simeon and Levi. It was like Jacob was saying to Simeon and Levi, Simeon and Levi, Simeon and Levi, you are my physical seed, but you are not my spiritual children. You look like me, but you don't act like me. And that's why I say, you are my seed, but you are not my children. And that's why, that's why what Jacob said in verse 6 was so monumental and symbolic for the day in which we live right now. But what Jacob said to Simeon and Levi in verse 6 gives us the picture for the meaning of Romans 9, 6 through 8. Romans 9, 6 through 8 where Paul said, not as though the word of God had taken an effect, for they are not all Israel which are of Israel. See, that's the same thing as Jacob saying, that you are not, they are not all Jacob which are of Jacob. Neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children. That's what Jacob could say. Neither because you are my seed are you all my children, spiritually. But in Isaac shall thy seed be called that is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise, or counted for the seed. All Israel, all Israel today are like the sons of Jacob in Genesis 49. They are all Jacob's seed, but, they, but, <clears throat> but as a part of Jacob's seed, which were, which, which were not like Simeon and Levi, and there's a part that, 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 that are. Just because they're the seed of Jacob did not make them all the children of Jacob. And looking at all his children, Jacob could say, they are not all Jacob that are of Jacob, which is what Romans 9, 6 says. They are not all Israel which are of Israel. Looking at all his children, Jacob could say, neither because they are the seed of Jacob are they all the children of Jacob, but in Jacob shall, shall, but in Jacob shall Jacob's spiritual seed be called. That is, they which are the children of Jacob's flesh. These are not necessarily the children of God, which is the meaning here. This is the meaning of when it says that because they're in, in Romans 9, 6 through, through, through 9, 9, 7 through 8, when it talks about neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children, but in Isaac shall thy seed be called. This shows us the mystery of the two groups within Israel. As Jacob said, O my soul, come not thou. There is no true fellowship there is no union of spirits between these two groups of Jewish people who 
One group believes in the Lord Jesus Christ, and the other does not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is specifically seen when the question is asked, when you ask the question, which tribe was it that was primarily responsible for demanding that the Romans killed the Messiah? Which tribe was it? Which tribe was primarily responsible for demanding that the Romans, demanding to the Romans that they killed the Messiah? It was Levi. It was Levi, of course. They're the priests. And this division between the Jewish people who don't believe in, 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 in the Lord Jesus and those, uh, <clears throat> and, and it, that's, that, was, that was a motivation for me one time when, I was, when Cheryl and I were in, on vacation in Cancun. And maybe you've heard me tell this before. At the Hotel Rio Las Americas, that's where we were. Which is interesting in the Rio Las Americas because it's, it's at the top of Cancun up there in the protected area. But anyway, it has a protected area in front of it where the sea is kind of blocked from waves and stuff like that. And, and, uh, and it's nice, you know. And so, so, so all the people, you know, kind of go down there and, 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 and float like uh, hard-boiled eggs in water, you know. <laughs> Anyway, they float in the water there. And so Cheryl and I were floating in the, we're in the water, and a lot of other people were. It's a big area. And, and a lot of people there floating in the water too. And all of a sudden came this, this group of very noisy people. And they were carrying plates of food. Nobody else was carrying plates of food into the water, but they were carrying plates of food. And so, you know, everybody was like, you know, who is this? You know, because you, you heard all kinds of languages. You heard Japanese, you heard Korean, you heard, of course, Spanish, you know, you heard all kinds of languages. But, you know, here comes this very loyal group. And so I listened and, and, and I thought, what is this? You know, and I hear Hebrew and I go, oh, that explains it all. So I said to Cheryl, when they were there, I said, I'm going in. And then Cheryl said to me, I'm going out. So, <laughs> so I, I floated over to this group of Israelis and I wanted to get their attention and, and so, you know, and so right away, you know, I, I go over there. I said, oh, Mashlamka, you know, how are you? You know, which, oh, okay, so got their attention. And then <clears throat> I raised my arm up like this in a sweeping mo- movement like that. And I said, so, I said, are all of you believers in the Lord Jesus Christ? <laughs> what kind of a question is that to ask a group of his Jewish Israelis? <laughs> Well, it was a verse six question. It was a verse question. It was a verse six question. It was a question that recognized there is a great divide between two groups in the Jewish people. Actually, it's the greatest division that there is between the Jewish people. There are many divisions between Jewish people, many, many. This is the greatest one. It's the great divide between those Jewish people who believe in the Lord Jesus and those Jewish people who do not believe in the Lord Jesus. So my question to them seemed absurd to them. It was like, you know, that's crazy. When I said, oh, are you all a part of the Jewish, uh, uh, of the group of Jewish people who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? So it's stating again that there is this, this group division. When I asked the question, they all looked disgusted at me. You know, everything changed. And one of the women, one of the women there in the group said, well, he point, she pointed to a big mansion. He will talk to you. He's very Jewish. <laughs> at that time, this big fellow whose name was Adam, moved over in the water toward me, you know, and I said, so, I said, are you, are you there, Goliath? I said, what makes you so Jewish? Have you been circumcised twice? I said to him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, looking back on it, it's amazing Cheryl didn't become a widow that day. 
They avoided me for the whole time. Whenever they see me, they avoided me. But the next time we met was while Cheryl and I were on the plane in Cancun, seated on the Alaskan Airlines flight, ready to get, get going to, to Los Angeles. And, you know, the time's ready to go, and, and the pilot com- announces that they were waiting for a group who was late. <laughs> sure enough, you know, big, loud, big, big noisy group comes in, all the Israelis come in on the plane. Now, they didn't see me, and, and, and they were sitting right behind me, and they didn't recognize me. And during the flight, I was, thinking of, I was thinking about them, and I was thinking, you know, I remembered that I had a piece of paper, an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper that I had laminated that had Isaiah 53 printed on it. And I thought, oh, I want to give that to them. So I got up out of my seat on the plane, and I opened up the overhead storage compartment there, and I started to fumble, you know, and it's kind of dark then. And, and this, this piece of laminate paper fell out, and it fell on the floor, Well, Adam saw that, so to be helpful, he got out of his seat, and he bent over to get it for me, and I bent over to get it too, and so we're both like this, and then we both come up like this, and he says, it's you, (laughs) what I've been trying to avoid the whole time, and I said, yes, Adam, it's me, and I was getting this for you, because this this is what God said who the Messiah would be. And it was interesting because he seemed curious and, and interested, and he actually took it out of my hand. And he was, you know, he was, he was kind of looking at it, and then he turned back and he saw his group of friends all staring at him, like, you know, what are you doing? And then he just had this total change, and he turned to me and says, No, I can't, I can't, I can't. And, and, and he gave it back to me. Now, that meeting in the aisle of the plane between Adam. And, and me was very symbolic of the meeting of the two groups of Jewish people, the group that believes in the Lord Jesus and the group that does not believe in the Lord Jesus. So when I was trying to give him that copy of Isaiah 53, that's symbolic of the Jewish group of believers who are believers, who are root, reaching out to the non-believing group of Jewish people. And, and when at first he, Adam showed this curiosity and then he saw his, all his friends looking at him with that you're not really going to consider that, are you? That was symbolic of the group of non-believing Jewish people putting pressure on the individuals in their group who would even consider the claims of the Lord Jesus. And then when Adam said, no, I can't, I can't, that was symbolic uh, uh, of the potential seeker within the, within, the, within the non-believers caving in under the pressure of others. A lot of symbolism there. A lot of symbolism there. And, and this is the symbolism that's so important about what Jacob said in verse 6, O my soul, come not thou unto their secret, unto their assembly, mine honor, be not thou united. Now, Jacob now, <clears throat> we can see him, we've seen him looking at Reuben, looking at Simeon and Levi, and it's like this is a nightmare for him. This is a night of his, his heartaches. But in, you know, he's, he's going to turn now. He's, I mean, we can see him. He's got all this frown and frustration and disappointment from his first three sons. But as he turns now, we can see like the, 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 the dawn is going to come on Jacob's face. And he smiles. And he comes in verse 8 and he says, Judah, thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise. Thy hand shall be in the neck of thine enemies. Thy father's children shall bow down to thee. 
So we can see Jacob, he just lights up when he looks at Judah and he says, ah, Judah, wonderful Judah. See, his first words when he said, thou art he, which is, which is really Yehuda Atah. It's, it's like Judah, you. It's, it's, it, it, those, those words, when he, when he said it, it was like, Yehuda Atah. You know, Judah, you, it's you, you. There's a surprise to it. It's like Jacob is saying, I can't believe it's really you. Ever since I became a father, I've been looking, and now in you I finally found him. You know, I've had to wait till my deathbed to finally find you. It's you. So his first statement here, Judah, you, shows us that Jacob has been looking among his sons for that special son, you know, he started with Reuben, and where, where, where we can see how initially Jacob thought the special son must be Reuben. He's my firstborn, thou art my firstborn. Verse 3, my might, the beginning of my strength. But he left disappointed from Reuben. And then we see Jacob came to Simeon and Levi with this search, where's the special son? And again, he leaves Simeon and Levi and, and with the disappointment of verse six, O my soul, come not thou into their secret, be not thou united. That's the backdrop. All of that, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, is the backdrop for when Jacob's eyes turn now and look at Judah, and he makes this, and, and, and he makes this statement because God has opened Jacob's eyes. God has revealed to Jacob that is Judah, and it's like he can't contain himself in verse eight, and he just blurts out, Judah, you, like that. And, and, and that's what happened. And, and so from verse eight, we see how Judah, the fourth son, has now come into the place of supremacy over his brothers. You know, Jacob has many things, and he will say many things about Judah here. But remember, Jacob is talking from, uh, in verse one about what's gonna happen in the last days. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California. Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Reach Israel. Join Tom Cantor for the second annual Israel Restoration Ministries Jewish Evangelism and Training Conference in San Diego, California, February 22nd and 23rd at the Creation and Earth History Museum. 
early bird registration, only $99, includes a two-day conference pass, meals, teaching, creation museum, and tabernacle admission, plus over $150 worth of equipping resources. Come hear Tom Cantor, Dr. Michael Brown, Dan Sered, and more on how we can reach the lost in America and Israel on February 22nd and 23rd. Call 619-599-1104, 619-599-1104, or sign up at ReachIsrael.com. That's ReachIsrael.com. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. Grow deeper in God's Word with the Friendship with God King James Version Study Bible prepared by Tom Cantor. This genuine lambskin large print study Bible features the history of Israel, full-color timeline and maps, frequently asked questions about the Jewish Messiah, prophecy and fulfillment study, Hebrew root notations and definitions, the life study of Joseph, and so much more. Order your copy today for only $49.95. That's $49.95. And receive a free personal signed copy by Mr. Tom Cantor, along with your name engraved on the cover. To order your Friendship with God Study Bible, call 1-800-247-3051. That's 1-800-247-3051. Or visit us at creationbookstore.com. That's creationbookstore.com. 